Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, all you gearheads and car fiends, welcome to Driven Radio Show, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield, here with my co-host and engineer extraordinaire, Mr. Mark Groves. That's me. It's Fitty. Fitty. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios in lovely scenic doesn't suck Olathe in the uh, in the basement studio here it's nice and quiet and cold thank god for the cold yeah you can hang beef down here yeah right now. well why do you think I'm wearing a long daddy like <laughs> <laughs> our first guest this week is Mr. Cash Singh a brother from another mother I haven't seen in a very long time because he, he never sits still very long Cash is a lifelong car enthusiast who cut his automotive teeth in the Southern California sports compact car scene, spending most of his weekends at drag strips, car shows, or canyon carving in a Nissan 350Z. For several years, Cash has raced at Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. He was previously Ford's performance enthusiast marketing manager, but now Cash is the sales and marketing manager for Shelby American in Las Vegas. Cash, welcome back to Driven Radio. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, thrilled to have you. Um, tracking you down is not easy. I, you know, people see Bigfoot more often. <laughs> I do travel quite a bit. The old position and currently the new one. I'm on the road quite a bit. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since we've been able to sit down together. When did you join Shelby American, and how did that opportunity come about? Well, officially, I started with Shelby last year, around September, almost a year now. Um, and it kind of came about with uh, early April of last year. There were some changes at Ford. Uh, some changes in the personal life, and I was looking for a way back to the West Coast, uh, be close to my folks. Uh, they're they're getting up in age, and then I've also got a couple of nieces and nephews that, during the whole COVID time, I uh, got to spend time with them and watching these kids go from two, three years old up to five, six. I can understand where I don't have kids, but where parents, you know, say these are kind of the magical years. Um, now she's uh, my niece is six, going out sixteen, I believe is the way you call it, and <laughs> be a little closer to my family. And uh, previously, the position was based uh, in Detroit that I was in with Ford, the global uh, Ford Performance Enthusiast Marketing Manager position. But having worked with Shelby in the last three years or so, uh, there was uh, kind of an inference of you know it's it's a great team. What what does Shelby do? What what's doing? You know what are they got going on? And being an enthusiast and the marketing manager, I put some feelers out, uh, and I get a call from Shelby saying, hey, we hear you want to get on the West Coast, and it's been a great call. So around April of last year, we started some discussions, um, and then as you know or aware, Ford had some changes to their teams uh, August of last year, and I decided to kind of jump on that bandwagon, take the opportunity to get a package, and make my way back West, uh, and it's kind of great to be a part of the team and see where the next 60 years of Shelby uh, takes us. Now, you traveled nonstop for Ford. You were never in one space very long. I was going to say almost not long enough to cast a shadow. Uh, <laughs> but it seems like you're doing that again. What is an average day like working for Shelby? Uh, average day depends. If we're uh, if you find me in the office, I actually have an office in Vegas. Uh, it's <laughs> at our Heritage uh, Museum slash Production Center. And uh, you'll find me working with our sales team. So part of my job is I oversee the sales team. Uh, going through orders, you know, working with customers, sitting with our production team. And we wear multiple hats at Shelby. So working with uh, the design team, um, you know, seeing what the new products are, what our dealer network looks like, you know, taking to all those experiences I had at Ford for the last 18 years and kind of rolling up and putting everything to use. 
And then if you see me on the road, I'm a guy that likes to get my hands dirty while we're setting up. I'm setting up displays. We're driving to locations. Very similar to at Ford, I had a great uh, team that did everything, and they were like, no, no, you're the client. Don't do anything in here. I am the client, but I'm also the guy that is doing the work, which I love. I love being out there, uh, setting up our displays, working it, talking to our customers on site. Uh, that side of the gig, it seems like we're on vacation all the time, but anybody that's done the the road travel, you start off at about 6 o'clock in the hotel lobby, get on site, set up, work with customers all day, and then depending on when you tear down or the same night or the next night, you can rinse, repeat, start all over again. So there have been a couple of, uh, you know, it had Carol still been alive, he'd be 100 years old this year. So there have been a couple of Carol Shelby Centennial vehicles uh, that have come out. What were they? And tell us a little bit about each of them. So the first vehicle, which we were going to kick off, was actually launched on his birthday on the 11th of January this year. Uh, and it's based on the Centennial Edition Carol Shelby Mustang. Um, it's one of my favorite projects to have worked on, or first projects to work on, uh, being at Shelby, because it's one I got to put my hands on. You know, set an office, guys, how are we going to honor Carol? Uh, the team did a great job of kind of using some of the elements. Um, and you can almost see Carol Spasona in our demo vehicle. You know, I, I think of him as man in black. Um, and that's what we chose, a black car. Uh, 700 plus horsepower Mustang GT, supercharged, uh, some suspension brills, uh, unique elements. And that's what we did to kind of kick off the year. And then in Carlisle, a few months after, we actually launched a lifted uh, Shelby truck. Um, and that kind of, you know, earmarks some of the unique details that kind of make that vehicle special, offered in two colors, uh, a black and a white version, uh, to kind of honor that. And we've got a couple other things planned, so we'll see as uh, the year goes on as we kind of come to a completion. What has been your favorite moment so far of the centennial? It, it was probably when we took a picture with the team, uh, sitting down in our office, from planning stages, getting the team to build the car, being involved in the whole aspect of it, watching it get painted. It's a little different when you work for a big corporation. You can sit on a WebEx meeting and things happen. At uh, Shelby, being my first uh, vehicle to have worked on and have hands-on in a sense, it was great. Uh, at the end of the day, the car came together and we took a picture with the whole team uh, with a cake on the hood, the Stetson hat, um, and kind of shared it to social I think we did a pretty good job to honor Carol, and that was probably one of my favorite moments so far. You have, uh, you know, one of the cool things that came out early when Shelby was involved with the Mustangs uh, and the GT350s, they had Hertz rent racers uh, Shelby American announced a new Hertz program last year. Will there be more vehicles between the companies? It, the, the program has been fantastic for us. Um, you know, Vegas, they do rent the cars in Vegas. You can get them kind of in the small states of the U.S., but any day you walk down in our parking lot, you'll see a couple of them parked there. And I hear the stories. Uh, I think a guy rented one for a week, and he put thousands of miles on it. We were trying to do the math, and we felt like he drove to Seattle and back in that week. It just didn't jive, but uh, people are renting them and using them. We've got a couple of things that we're planning on. It'll be exciting to see uh, and announce those as they come, but uh, hopefully continue the relationship. It's been a good partnership. The Shelby GT500 is no longer in production, and that breaks my heart because I've driven a couple of them, and uh, uh, they are a blast to own. What models do you offer based on the Mustang now? 
Well, so you can still send in your GT500 and get an upgrade to a signature edition package. Those are limited to about 100 a year. So for 2021-22 model year, we're building uh, signature edition GT500s, but we also offer the 350. Now, the, the offerings of Mustang start off with a Mustang GT, which you start off with the base model 2018 and up. Uh, Mustang GT send it to us. We can uh, convert it to what we call a Shelby GT, which gets suspension upgrades, uh, brakes, tires, wheel, package, uh, interior accents. And then you can also um, add a supercharger to it. So get it up, you know, in the 700 horsepower range. Uh, that's kind of the offerings of the Mustang now. But we also kicked off and we did. It, it's kind of funny. Last year, I was auctioning off the first GT500 KR for charity under the Ford position at Barrett Jackson. This year, we've now kicked off production at Shelby of that vehicle for the lucky 160 so uh, applicants that were uh, accepted to buy a GT500 KR. And then most recently, Code Red production has started, which if you're not familiar with the Code Red, uh, very, very select 30 customers, uh, 1300 horsepower with the GT500 platform. So still working on Mustangs. We're also finishing off, uh, kind of rounding off the production year for Super Snakes, which are available through Shelby dealers. Uh, so still a lot of Mustang news and uh, works of Mustang stuff. Now, there are plenty of old Shelby fans out there, but does the brand still resonate uh, with younger people or is it just old farts? I <laughs> know uh, it's I think it's all encompassing, especially when you get into the to some of the events we do. Uh, the popularity of the brand kind of reinvigorated itself and exploded with the movie. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody has hopefully watched the movie, yeah. Ford versus Story. And what it did was it did bring, as you put it, the older buyers or the older fans, but also added in newer fans. Now, keep in mind, I include myself in that number, so I'm not, I'm not <laughs> well, taking aim at anybody here. No, so in, in you know one of the fun things, interesting things, where um, Fuel Fest is an event that kind of targets the younger youth, fast and furious crowd um, and literally has uh, Tyrese Gibson and uh, Cody Walker um, that run the charity for Paul Walker's charity. And it's an event that supports that young demographic, multi-diverse, the whole nine yards. We did the first show uh, last year with them uh, and in Vegas. And I had an old Cobra FIA Cobra replica sitting in my booth. And the nine, 10 year old kids were just screaming, oh, this is the car, this is the car. And I'm just like, this is the car. You know, they're walking around with their parents and it's like, what, what's this car? And they all associated to the video games. I, I oh. Rocket League, you know, you've got the Cobra and Rocket League. So here we are. And this is a one of 15 special edition Sebring, uh, a tribute to the Sebring winning car for 10 miles. Unbeknownst to me, it's a three hundred thousand dollars car. I'm over here opening the doors. Kids are calling in, closing the door, <laughs> taking pictures, and then someone goes, "Do you realize that's a three hundred thousand dollars car?" I was like, "Oh, is it? Here you go, sit in. Go ahead and sit in. <laughs> Get in there. Good man. Good man. Spark, spark the interest. Spark the love. So you know, over the years, we've seen kind of a mixed, um, mixed uh, fan base. What are your upcoming events from uh, from Shelby American? Um, well, I'm actually getting ready to go on the road. I'll fly in uh, this weekend, hopefully, if the hurricane hasn't decimated the area, which will knock fingers. <laughs> but, out to Myrtle Beach. Uh, next week, we have Mustang Week uh, out there, so week-long uh, fun events with Mustang owners. And then uh, we actually head back to Vegas, and one of the exciting things we do is something called the Shelby Bash. So Shelby Bash is basically Team Shelby. They're a fan base around the world of Shelby owners 
or just fans of Shelby, uh, about 400 of them will, 400 of those folks will fly in from all over the world, uh, can descend upon Vegas. We have four days of activities, track times. So that's going to be fun to get these hard, hardcore enthusiasts. And anytime you say track time, I'm always, I was, I'm always happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll kind of go into, you know, the SEMA weeks, uh, F1's coming to Vegas. We've got a concourse event. We've got a couple more fuel fest events in Vegas and then Phoenix. So, and then a couple more sprinkled on West Coast. Uh, so I'll be kind of busy all the way to the end of the year. And then we'll kind of start again with uh, Barrett in January. Fantastic. Now, back to the really cool thing you do. You went back to Pikes Peak again this year. Ugh. Tell us how things went. How was the weather? What did you drive? Uh, did you have so, issues? Well, the weather was great. Uh, probably a little warmer than my car like because I ran into some overheating issues um this this year was tough this year was a tough i would say this was the most focused i was and i was probably driving the car a lot harder than we had uh we were chasing right before actually the race we had some electrical gremlins that popped up and whenever you hear the phrase electrical gremlins you want to just tear your hair out (laughs) Um, the team spent about a good week on the car trying to figure out and it came out to a very just a loose pin on an ignition oh, coil man. that would not act up, just felt like whenever. So it was so intermittent that it took about a week to diag, and they were able to find it. Went to the race week. We thought tuning. Uh, this year, every run for practice was actually a tuning run. It wasn't a practice run. I'm in different gears, different speeds, coming into turns. Uh, it couldn't work on braking, just trying to tune the car. And it wasn't until Saturday, right before we set up, that we realized or came and found a couple of holes that had wore themselves from some bolts in the intake charge pipe. Oh. Which it was on the bottom side. Um, we chased things, but we didn't find these holes until the last, you know, just changing a thermostat to see why maybe that could have been a fault of overheating. Um, but we changed it, couldn't do anything with it. I did my best, and unfortunately, I drove by Gage, which is horrible up at Pikes Peak. Halfway up the run, the car started to get unhappy and hot. And I watched, we got two gauges. I got an aftermarket gauge and then the factory gauges are redundant. And I watched both of them start climbing. So then it became a a six-mile drive of in throttle, look at the gauge, back off the gauge. Oh, pay attention to the road. Crap, Uh, crap, crap. Let's let's do this three times over, four times. And basically within six miles, I was able to limp the car across. Uh-huh. And I was shooting for the 10 minute mark in the tens. We can't, I crossed at 1154, I believe, which oh, was about six seconds off my fastest personal best. But my fastest personal best was three miles in limp mode where the car had gone to the 45 mile power kind of, you know, limp it over. I, this year I kept it out of limp mode back and forth, back and forth with watching the gauges, but on paper, we probably would have been in the 10s. Um, kind of gives me a target for next year, but that's the mountain. Had fun otherwise, but it was a challenging year. Now, is this the same car you were driving a couple of years ago, or are you driving something new? No, this is the same car. So the other thing is the tired race car. I've raced it since 2017. We've modified on it. We've beat on it. You know, some of these gremlins <laughs> that pop up are just from, you know, time of the race car. This year, planning for next year, um, I've got the car actually back at Shelby, so... My team in Colorado, European performance uh, specialists, and then the team um, in Vegas with Shelby, we're going to, you know, kind of work on the car and get uh, at least hopefully the cooling stuff straightened down and 
maybe refresh the motor and uh, take it back to Pike's Peak with, um, you know, my old crew and my new crew, I guess, supporting. Well, and figuring out some of the issues you had this year, you hope next year nothing will pop up. Of course, that's that's hope. That's the hope. That's the hope. What's the dumbest thing you've done in a car in the last two years? Well, it, it kind of goes back to Pike's Peak. It seems like everything I do dumb recently kind of... <laughs> on Pikes Peak. Back in February of this year, um, I needed to get the car because it was in Vegas. I needed to get the car to Colorado. And if anyone knows anything about me and my race cars, I actually drive them to the race, yeah. race and drive back. Well, this year, around February, when the only window I had in my schedule, like I, I during the early part of the year, I spent 65 days uh, in three months, technically, in a hotel room. So the only window I had was I made the last minute call on a Friday to leave at 5 a.m. and just straight shot it to Colorado <laughs> in a race car between two blizzards that were supposed to come in. One had just hit. One was slated for that afternoon, possibly the next day. Um, and I'm cutting to the mountains, get up there. And because of the previous blizzard, there's no gas. I ran out of gas. I want to say about three times. Well, the car cut out twice rolling into gas stations uh, <laughs> and then uh up in the mountains uh going through aspen and all that I, there was about three or four exits i'm looking for gas dying here i'm on fumes and the gas stations are out of gas oh uh, what yeah like i i don't know if they didn't get their service because of the blizzard close the roads down oh, yeah, yeah. people used up whatever gas they had to get out of town and i went from one station to another to another and i think around the fourth or fifth station i found some gas and they were luckily they only had super the other two were out pumped it made the trip um had a friend uh who lives right off of 70 and i'm texting her i was like hey i think i'm gonna pass by your house and she snapped a picture of the blur of my race car um <laughs> so I'd awesome. say that's that's a nutty thing. I was sitting in a car for about twelve hours, um, you know, dealing with these things. But made it there, dropped the car off. It starts snowing that afternoon or that night, and uh, jumped on a plane the next day and went back to Vegas. Worked in the office for two days and back on the road, back up to Florida. So uh, a lot of travel, a lot of miles. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'd I'd love to see how many frequent flyer miles you got in in the last year. <laughs> I'm sure it's impressive. <laughs> It's, it's impressive to earn, but I'm kind of fi- trying to figure out where, when I'll have the time to spend them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. We've been speaking with Cash Singh, Pikes Peak racer and sales and marketing manager for Shelby American. Cash, take a second and tell us where we can find you and Shelby online and on social media. So you can find me on Instagram, uh, CashSingh78. And then for Shelby, you can find us on Shelby.com for our website and then Shelby American Facebook and uh, same thing on Instagram. And when you spell sing, it's S-I-N-G-H. Otherwise, you're not going to find him. And Cash with a K. Cash, thanks for being with us, man. And uh, I, I really hope we get a chance to run into each other next year. It's been too long. It has been. It has been. Haven't had a chance to catch up with Cash in a couple of years. And I really do owe him for cutting me loose in one of their million-dollar cars with a guy <laughs> who drove at Le Mans. Um, that is one of the supreme surreal moments in my life as an auto journalist yeah. is driving around Vegas. And, and and anybody who's been in Vegas and gone outside of a hotel early in the morning knows just how it looks like a ghost town. The only things running are the trucks that are delivering stuff to the casinos and nobody else is out. 
So when we're out bombing around in that Ford GT, you're thinking, looks like a racetrack. Nobody's here. Why not? <laughs> and the fact that I was in it, driving it with a guy who had had a win at Le Mans, it's just it's so surreal, and we both go ape over seeing a pre-production Corvette blow through an intersection. Um, <laughs> just one of those where you're like, uh, how did I wind up here? <laughs> and it was thanks to Cash. So very nice talking to him. I know how busy you are, Cash. I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I'll try to get you those, those folks' information. Maybe we can find you a fun car to drive around in. Because God uh, knows you don't have access to anything. No, no. He's probably bored stiff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get to work with all the new stuff from Shelby. Oh, I, and I went and lo- while he was talking, I went and looked at some of those pickup trucks. And oh, my God. Well, There's a 2021 the like that I'm 700, like, oh. 750 horsepower. Yeah. Yeah. And a big old grill that just says Shelby on it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Can, White, blue stripes going down the top. Yeah. yeah. You look in your rearview mirror and that grill's all you can see. Yeah. yeah no giant doubt. giant thing trying to eat you up. <laughs> Our next guest is Matthew Donovan. Matthew grew up in his family's auto repair business in suburban Kansas City. He is an ASE certified master auto technician and has a mechanical engineering degree from the University of Kansas. He's been an automotive district manager and field engineer for both Kia and Mitsubishi and an executive level manager for two large automotive dealership groups in the Kansas City area. Matthew has developed a web-based mobile app software for Kia Motors America, RepairNetwork.com, and SocketTime.com, and he is here to discuss his new app called Undrivable. Matthew, welcome to Driven Radio. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. What is Undrivable? So Undrivable is basically a uh, an app that is similar to um, things you may have heard like Home Advisor, Thumbtack, uh, some of these these apps out there where they help with home services. Well, uh, Undrivable is an app that basically helps customers find uh, service for their vehicle. So um, it doesn't matter whether they uh, need an oil change, new tires, maybe they got a dent in their door, the broken windshield. Uh, you know, window tent, the list goes on. Really, anything you need service-related for your car, you can find it on Undrivable. So it helps you find providers for services for your car. Exactly. We're kind of, we we look at ourselves as like, we're the buddy that knows everybody. Because (laughs) I'm familiar with that (laughs) a little bit. Why did you create Undrivable? Well, uh, you know, in the years of uh, being in the automotive service business, uh, I've I've been in it almost 30 years, it's hard to believe. and what I found is consumers, a lot of times, they don't know who to call. Um, you know, they're, they're broke down the side of the road. They, maybe they're looking for a tow truck. Maybe they've got a yeah. flat tire. Maybe they, um, you know, just bought a new car and, and need some accessories added on it. Um, you know, the list goes on. And, and uh, they just don't, a lot of times, know who, the, who to call. Or, you know, maybe they don't know what their price is, is good that they've been quoted. And so with our app, basically what it does is uh, they put in what the service is that they need. And they, they answer some questions about that service, about, you know, if it's a, let's say it's a jump start, well, do you want a new battery or do you want your car jump started? So they ask, they answer some questions. And then uh, that goes out to the providers in the area that are in our network, uh, which is basically the top shops, uh, you know, in each city. And, and we send that out. And the first three that say, hey, I'm interested in helping with this. Well, we, we then share that information and and they can uh, reach out to the customer and say, hey, you know, this is the price we can we can do that job for, and we can do it 
tomorrow or whatever the time frame is that the customer needs it done at. And then that really gives them uh, the opportunity to to know if they're they're getting a good deal, they're getting it in the quickest, that type of thing. So, um, or you know, are they uh, it, really the the idea behind it is that it it saves them a ton of time from yeah. calling calling around, you know, uh, sitting on hold, waiting to talk to a service advisor, getting transferred three times, and then the service advisor's got to you know call and back to parts and get parts going. I mean, it, it, there's all this time that is spent. Uh, you know, on the phone trying to shop for automotive service, and we're we're just making that easier. Now, is this a concierge service? I mean, you know, do is it the that the mechanics come out to you, or do you take the car into the shop, or is it either it, or, whatever it, works best? Absolutely, yeah, either or. So uh, we have mobile service providers on our platform, like uh, Zor. I don't know if you've heard of Zor. There are no, mobile, we've, mobile we've had Zor on the show. Oh, yeah. great, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. cool. Yeah, they're great guys. So uh, they're on our platform, and uh, you know we have many other pl- uh, services just like them on our platform. This sounds a little bit like AAA, but how does it differ from that? So it's uh, AAA is you know it's a membership. It's something that you subscribe to. This is a completely free app. There, there's no cost to this for the for the driver for the consumer. Uh, we our revenue comes in from the service providers. Basically, they are the ones uh, that that pay for that connection, and because we're sending them business, so it, it is completely free to consumer. And uh, so, and and we do everything. You know, AAA's your roadside assistance type mm-hmm. stuff. We offer roadside assistance, but we also offer everything else automotive service related. How do you vet uh, the the people that you work with? Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, the first thing is always to, to start with Google reviews. You know, kind of just look and see what is their online reputation. Uh, we look and see, you know, Better Business Bureau, that type of thing. It, 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 they have anything that uh, we need to be aware of. Um, so we look through their history uh, and we, you know, check their check their credentials online and then uh, reach out to them, have a conversation, uh, see if they're, you know, the right fit for us. And and once we have that conversation, you know, sometimes the shop may say, hey, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm not interested in more business, but that's usually not the answer. So. <laughs> you mentioned replacing batteries. Where the hell were you when I was trying to replace a battery <laughs> in my 65 Stingray? Uh, well, Do you I was know just how right down the street. Is? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we blame you. Yeah. <laughs> it's your fault, new guy. <laughs> how does the app work exactly? So the, the way the app works is uh, basically, you know, when you download it free from either the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, um, it's going to ask you for a couple things, you know, your first last name, your, your phone number, uh, and an email address. And, and that's really all it takes to set it up. And then uh, you, what you'll do is you'll just go in and um, there's basically photos of every uh, every different service that there is. It's all listed out. You can scroll through all the services available. And uh, Okay, he's you- showing me this. I'm, I'm getting ready to set this up. Uh, I, I'm not kidding about that 65 Stingray replacing the battery, and that was a pain in the butt. Sure. Um, so yeah, so the uh, the photos here, um, you know, you just you can pick on uh, which photo, or I'm sorry, which service you'd like. Um, so for example, like the battery replacement, like we're discussing. Uh, once you click on it, that's when it starts asking you some questions, okay. and, and those are all the types of questions that a service provider is going to ask sure. to, to you know, figure out what it's going to take to fix your. Yeah, vehicle. my vanity wouldn't allow me to take it anywhere. I was, <laughs> I was going to sit in my garage and figure it out, it, it, even sure. though I needed three hands to do the damn thing. Uh, sure, is the app available everywhere in the country? It is. It is. It's available everywhere in the country. Um, although uh, we, we don't, our service network isn't uh, 100% built out everywhere. We are uh, actively working on it every day, 
And uh, as uh, if a request comes in and we do not have a provider in that network, uh, that's when our team gets to work to find one. Okay. And that way we can react quickly and uh, help the consumer. All right, Matthew, you don't escape. Everybody gets this question before they leave. <laughs> sure. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done in a car? <clears throat> well, that's uh, that's a tough one because there's a lot of things that I've done. Yeah, that's yeah. why I never answered <laughs> this to question. The club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, you know, I, I I'll take it back to uh, my days in college when I built the Formula race car at the University of Kansas. We uh, we took it out to Kansas Speedway to do some testing on it, and uh, actually one of the very first test that we did was there at Kansas Speedway. And uh, we had some motorcycle cops that happened to stop by and they said, wow, this is a pretty neat car you guys have built. Uh, let us get the radar gun out and see how fast you can, you can oh, get this. Oh, no. Thing. Oh, yeah. please. So uh, I got it up to uh, well over 100 miles an hour when, uh, you know, I, what I forgot or wasn't thinking clearly about at the time. Uh, one, because probably I was in my early 20s and, you know, you don't always think clearly when uh, you're that young. But I'm in my mid-50s. Uh, so I don't yeah, think clearly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was a hand-built car. It was a hand-built car built by students. And uh, that probably shouldn't have been going that fast. Uh -huh. and, and sure enough, once I, I hit, I think it was uh, north of about 120, and uh, one of the suspension arm welds broke. Oh, yeah. boy. And uh, Ooh, luckily, that, uh, the car, we had a Kevlar skid pad on the on the belly of it. And it laid down and just skidded oh. to a stop from 120. Oh. And uh, I just... Was very thankful that uh, it didn't hit anything and didn't roll or That's anything. That's about else. a 9.5 on the oh shit a meter. On the rectum scale. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking for this. Was this 2003, perchance? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2003. Yeah, KU, I didn't know there was, a, there was a group like that at KU. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah not, not only that, but a good friend of mine's daughter is in that group right now at KU. And it was up here this weekend because they were running SCCA races. No kidding. Jayhawk yeah. Motorsports. That's okay. right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, was the, so cool. I was the team captain in 2003 and 2004. Oh, my gosh. Well, I can put you in connect with uh, some of the students who are there right now because uh, my buddy was up here changing tires for him. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We've been speaking to Matthew Donovan, creator of the Undrivable app. Matthew, please tell us where we can find you online and on social media and where we can find that app. Sure, absolutely. So you can find us online at undrivable.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, uh, just forward slash undrivable um, on Instagram, uh, TikTok, and everywhere else. I think uh, undrivable app uh, is the forward slash. And then um, you can find the uh, the app in the app stores um, just by searching Undrivable. You'll find us there. You know, it's kind of wild, the listing for service providers, uh, locksmiths, tow companies, tire installers. I'm reading the, I'm on the I think the, the app is a pretty good blanket. It covers a lot of stuff. Wheel repair specialists, glass companies, window tint installers. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you needed smoky black. Yeah. That's yeah, right. Be rolling hard. Uh, that's, that's, why that, <laughs> that's why that Harley pickup looks like it Hell does. Hell yeah. <laughs> Cool app, Matthew. Thank you for being with us. We really appreciate that. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and on LinkedIn as the Driven Radio Show podcast. Generally, you can find us anywhere fine podcasts are heard. Bingo. I am Brett Hatfield from Mark L. Groves. Yep. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio.